0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's DG. I'm back with another episode here on Seeking Wisdom of Coffee with a CMO. This time, I sat down with Tim Cop. He was uh, the CMO at Exact Target, which eventually went public and then sold to Salesforce for I think 1.2 billion dollars. Uh, but he's an amazing guy. He grew them from about. million in revenue to $400 by the time they got acquired by Salesforce. And I sat down with him when we were in Indianapolis uh, back in June for the, the Drift Roadshow out in Indy. And Tim was just one of those guys that I instantly hit it off with. Uh, we went deep on the in the funnel and metrics and hiring and what he looks for in CMOs. I thought this was really interesting about Tim is that he inv- he advises he's an investor and advisor in so many b2 b marketing and sales companies, and the thing that they typically lean on him for is advice in hiring marketing leaders and so we really dug into that process. We talked about what he learned during his days at exact target. And I'm super excited to bring you another episode of Coffee with a CMO, this time with my new friend, Tim Cop. Check it out. Cool. So, let's do it. Um, let, let's start. I want to talk, go back to the coaching tree, the coaching tree thing. Like, oh, my gosh. Okay. What? So you have this like, uh, I mean, you had a big exit. So you had this team of, you know, a couple hundred marketers. But like, why do you... What is the formula? Like, first of all, how does somebody get tapped to be in your in your coaching tree, right? Because I'm assuming it's not, you're not just going to all 300 people that used to work for you at ExactTarget. You're like, do you want a VP a marketing job somewhere? Yeah. Like, what is the what is the makeup of that person?
1: Well, so when we were building ExactTarget, it was in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. right? There was no other seasoned marketing software people to hire, right? So we ended up with a team, I think we grew it from, let's call it rough numbers, 10 to yeah. 300. Yeah. And in that journey, I bet, maybe 20 people out of that 300 had previous software marketing
0: experience. So,
1: you, so most of what I ended up having to do was train, teach, coach, because yeah. they don't do it right in university right. Either, right? They don't teach you how to do- No, and especially not
0: it. not at the time where you were at like, you know, 06, 07, 08, like online marketing was just They're, blowing up. So you definitely didn't learn that in, in college. It was
1: serious yeah. on the job training. So yeah. I hired a profile that was more psychographic. So we had, you know, a couple of my best leaders, you know, came out of the military, teachers, one of them was like, you know, in window sales, you know, so it was like, so I've hired for leadership, problem solving, communication skills, and I, I really tried to hire to a profile. Yeah. And then just, I think one of the most important parts of learning personally and professionally is just exposure. Mm. That's why I like to travel. The more you're exposed to things, the more you learn. So I tried to expose my team to a lot of things yeah. and then let them hop around and try things. and. Uh, just because you've never done marketing ops doesn't mean you won't be great at it yeah. if, if you already know Excel. And you, So it was trying to understand and have an instinct for that, expose people to a lot, and then when you're growing, I've always said growth covers a lot of Sins it creates a lot of opportunities. So it's exposure. well, when right, the
0: company's growing fast, there's gonna people are just gonna uncover more opportunities, right? Maybe you hired somebody right. for marketing ops, but the company's grown so fast that six months from now, maybe they can do sales ops or you, exactly you know shift to right. some other role.
1: So we would move people from marketing yeah. to sales, then we would then create international experiences. So we had people, you know, we go to Australia or London and then back. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, it
0: was. It was pretty how do good. you how do you scale? Like how does how does that scale though? Right? Like if your company's growing fast everybody that you hire has never really done marketing before, don't, don't, don't they come with some debt of like, you can't just plug them in and go, or, or maybe you yeah. could and that's what you figured out. It did out. create
1: some debt. Um, the good news, and I think one of the core um, know, assets or things that we had that really be- was building the company in Indianapolis, in the Midwest, we mm. could hire within, you know, call it a 100 or 200 mile radius, a number of high quality universities is incredible yeah and you could hire really bright people out of school who just weren't exposed to it um how do you scale it you know it's if people are hungry and they're ambitious um, that's part of it but then you have to make a big investment scott dorsey who's our ceo one of the things he and i talked about all the time was marketing from the inside out and i think this is one of the most important concepts um, within marketing and i started all of my marketing and all of our best marketing was pointed internally first mm. to make sure that people lived and breathed what we were. So before we did a product launch, we had to launch it internally. Uh, people didn't believe in it. I wanted to hear we it. We could about do a it. whole
0: like, I could talk not, to you about so, this for hours. Because, so I think that was the
1: core. Yeah. It, it was everything we so every new hire was a week of training mm-hmm. at our headquarters. Mm-hmm. If, no matter where you were in the world, it was a week there, in and out, meet every executive, meet the product. So it was mm-hmm. this full immersion in the company and what what we're about. And I think it was just a uh, real commitment to learning and then thinking of marketing. Now. I just want to
0: give you one, one example of that. So two months ago, we you launched, guys do this we so launched well. a new product at Drift. And LinkedIn had just launched LinkedIn video. And I had been using it like personally to record videos. And it was just like the traction from it was unbelievable. And so I had this thought was like, what if we had 120, all 120 people at Drift on launch day, record a video and post it on LinkedIn? Imagine. And everybody did it, and it was unbelievable. We had 300,000 views, uh, the biggest traffic day to our site ever, just from posting videos on LinkedIn. And the number one question that I got after was like, how did you get everybody to do that? And I said, it was easy because we've created this culture where like everybody at Drift wants to do marketing. Yes. If you're in sales, if you're in customer success, That's if exactly you're an engineer, right. especially today because everybody has Twitter, everybody has a LinkedIn page, everybody has Instagram, Like it's easier than ever to, to do that. And so, like, we just care so much about, like, to what you said. If we can't get the internal people at our own company excited, here, how are we ever going to get a customer do to do it? And so, could like, everybody, uh, that's like the magic. the old
1: way of doing B two B marketing, right, was like, kind yeah. of like, let's hop over that. Here's a new product. <laughs> let's launch a press release. Yeah, and then save our best marketing for like no. the top twenty people in the pipeline. No,
0: but I, it, I want like, especially today with the way people buy. I want like our sales rep posting a video on LinkedIn and being like, give me a call today, I will help set this up for you. Like, that's what people want, they wanna see that. So, you were talking earlier about, um, you had an interesting marketing org, like, at ExactTarget, which is, you owned everything, you owned marketing and basically all of sales enablement, kind of for that that same reason, right, of the internal marketing thing?
1: Yeah, we ended up, so, um, our BDR Hmm. team, uh, sales training and enablement, Um, product launches basically anything um, pretty much everything that was non quota bearing we tried to run yeah and it was because the way we tried to fundamentally solve our problem is we want to grow X percent let's say we'd want to grow 50 percent at a later stage per year and X amount could go towards sales and marketing and then we would sit down and figure out just how do we want to carve up the dollars many years we were investing too much in um, in the in the years early on that I was there, honestly, our sales, I think of sales and marketing as two gears. And if they connect with equal precision and they're hitting on the gears, and that's when the magic, but if you're trying to build a bigger gear than the sales team or they're trying to, it, then it like breaks. So yeah. it's not a competition. It's yeah. like this true meshing. Yeah. Um, and so fortunately when I came in, we realized marketing was underdeveloped relative to the sales team and by a lot. We had a phenomenal sales team and marketing was way yeah. underbuilt. Yeah. They uh, allowed me to invest back in marketing, build out the team. It didn't actually mean spend. Unfortunately, I think the easiest way to do marketing is to spend Spend more. more. The the hardest way to do it, and I think the right way to do it, is hire some great people Mm -hmm. and do it kind of from, from the inside out. So it was really building out that marketing capability to better match the sales team. And then as we better match that, then I actually had to give back some money and say, you know what? We need more sales reps. You guys really need the money more than we do. Right. And it was this constant, like, (laughs) this is like,
0: we, this could be its own clip. Like here is a, a a CMO said, here, you guys can have some, I'll take you some, but I got
1: mine first. Right. And, And so it was like to make the sales team work, to really, um, we had to have more marketing, we had to like do better with analysts, we had to have a better user conference, we had to have better in-market support, we had to sort of build out our brand. um, But there does come a point where you just, the point of marketing is more sales. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the fundamental, and like if you lose sight of that, you're kind of Mm -hmm. missing the point. Mm -hmm.
0: I'm sure people ask you about this a lot, so I don't want to spend a ton of time there, but like biggest, if you could think of some of the biggest lessons growing, you know, scaling the company when you joined, you know, growing from you know, however much revenue they were doing, whether it's 20, 30, 40 million, million to to basically 10x that by the time, by the time you guys got done, like what's the biggest, what's the biggest growing up stuff that has to happen in in between there, in in a marketing org specifically?
1: Um, So a couple things come to mind. I'll probably think of more as we go here. And, And I'm asking because like,
0: Obviously, if you just put it all on a spreadsheet and you drag yeah. the it spreadsheet, it's crazy, right? So that's where and I was going to start. Traffic and leads, and, yeah. and you're just looking at that like, okay, how are we going to go from here to here? So
1: I think the number one thing that eats marketing executives alive is their terrible prioritizers. Mm. And then driving expectations across the organization. Like, you can't do it all. Get over it. Get yeah. over yourself. Yeah. It's impossible.
0: So, as, a, as a person?
1: as a person yeah. without a doubt, yeah. and then as an organization. Yeah. So it's figuring out like it was literally almost like I viewed myself like as a project manager, like a product manager, like what are all the requirements? Right. So I went out and I got out in the market, yep. visited with the sales team, yep. met with the other executives, like what, what are all the problems we have? And yep. as you can guess, I had a list, 73 things, rebuild the website, do better with Forrester, yep. You know, we need better yep. sales collateral, Launch a conference, on and on and on and on. Okay, got it. Yep. So which of these things do I think are gonna make the biggest impact and where do I think I can really win versus what are the resources we have? How do you go off and do some quick wins? Yep. And I think, look, so anybody, I'm a, I grew up as a brand marketer yeah. in CPG, yep. p and and Co. I wanna talk about that But literally. at the end of the day, you, you, you build your credibility by delivering demand gen. Mm. So don't fight the numbers. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, the first six, nine months, it was the CFO and the finance team, I want to be my best friends. Mm-hmm. So I am gonna, what are the set of metrics that set us up? For every dollar you give me, I'm gonna give you three dollars back, yep. right? So then you build the the, the the political currency to go off and do some of the other things. And as it turns out, I think branding has a bigger impact on demand gen than pure demand gen does. But you have to prove it out through some of the grinded out things. And that takes front, time. And
0: it takes time. Yeah, You can't show up in the first six months and your job is, buying a bunch of ads and nice looking t-shirts That's and right. all that stuff. Yeah.
1: So at first it was, here's the whole list of things and yeah. I get
0: it. Mm-hmm. But
1: these are the six things that I'm going to knock out of the park because I think they really matter. Our, um, our sales support is awful. Yep. So we need a better sales deck. We've yep. got to do better with analysts. We've yep. got to do better at our you know website. So it's, here's the three to six things that we're going to do really yep. well. Yep. And by the way, if you gave me three to four other bodies, I could go and do these other things when you're ready to do it like, like we'll, we'll work the 60 hours a week per person nope we'll do that um but what are the set of priorities and how do you have people do five things really well instead of 50 things half ass right so we went and i think most people that when they struggle going from moving up the food chain kind of in marketing if you're not great at collaborating cross-functionally and setting priorities, you die, mm. and you just die. That so almost seems like,
0: I'm just thinking about that now, that seems like a good exercise to do regularly, not just when you took over. Like
1: So Scott and I, yeah. literally probably every week, this is my to-do list. Yeah. Like this is what I, and, and because then it can change. Well, yeah, that was your list of top priorities last yeah. week, but now, I need you to focus yeah. on this. That
0: also plays into like who you need to hire too, right? Because if you're, I think at that stage exactly of, of hyper growth, right. exactly you right. can't hire people who are going to freak out if you say, hey, here's what you're going to do today. I might come back to you next week and say, mm, you were yes. going to do SEO, but you're not. You're going to exactly do PR now, right. right? Some people just don't, yes. don't deal well with that.
1: So, the second thing, you're so, it's almost like you've done this before.
0: (laughs) No, I haven't done it. Yes. But I'm in the middle of it. You're doing it. You're doing it. I can
1: tell. So, it's this pendulum swinging between hiring generalists and specialists. Are you hiring athletes or snipers? Mm. And in the beginning, I want athletes. I want people. I I don't need somebody who is world class at SEO just yet. I need people who are really good athletes who can move on their feet, who yeah. can prioritize yeah. and communicate, and be yeah. good enough at a number of things that are dangerous. Once you get to you know, 30, 40, $50 million run rate, then I think you can go in and start to hire some, sni- I need somebody who's just amazing at how to run an analyst process. Somebody who's great at SEO, and that's all they do. They're in that lane, but in the beginning, um, I just want I want you know great 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 athletes yeah. and I think the tendency is you want to go hire well this person came from Facebook and Google and this and this and this and they're the best in the world in affiliate marketing, that's awesome. But when you're in a world where priorities change all the time, you have to sort of hire accordingly. So
0: so you and Scott would that that's how you two would work together, which is like here here are my priorities right now. Do these feel right or wrong. Okay, good. And then go and well,
1: here's the other challenging thing about being in marketing, right? Everybody thinks they're a marketer. <laughs> right so nobody's going no, go to this is the like ther- team. the only
0: reason why i'm doing this series cuz it's like therapy this is like <laughs> it therapy, is yeah, therapy. Yeah. right <laughs> right
1: The question is though i send you a bill at the end <laughs> yeah we'll
0: find out no you yeah. bought the coffee we're good. Um, we're good
1: so so here's the, like anybody can comment on a logo yeah anybody can you know stand back and look at an event yep. pick it to pieces yep. or look at a wave report decide what you could have done differently in the yep. end but it's rare that somebody would sit there and challenge the cfo on why we picked this path with gdpr or you know why the the tech team picked ruby on rails or you know it it just doesn't open itself (laughs) to the kind of debate that marketing does so everybody wants to be a marketer so everybody has all these opinions so you have to like find this balance of like cool i want your input And it's like, great, I got it, let me go, right? And and I think people tend to be too much input, 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 and then they just die because they're taking input from everywhere or they're not listening to anybody and they're just putting their head down. And and so it is a tough, I do think that there's a big difference. I think marketing is the most challenging job in the C-suite right now um, because of the nature of all the fluid priorities and everybody wants to comment on everything. And just marketing has never been more strategically important than
0: it is now. And you you have to do both. So so David, who's, who's my boss and our, our CEO, yeah, he, his 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 line, his saying is both. Yeah, right? because both. That's it's right. all and. it's usually always both. Like do we want to drive demand or do we want to build a world class brand? Both. Well, we need both, right? Not only do they support each other, but we've got fifty sales reps who need to eat, right? Yep. And at the same time we we're in this for the long haul to do a build, you know, build a billion dollar company, we have to build a brand that you know gets people up out of bed every morning. And you, you can't do one. You can't you can't pick one.
1: Exactly right.
0: Uh that's so, tough. Yeah. So what is like from a for for people that will watch this which is mostly marketing people that want to grow what is like you know you've groomed a lot of VPs of marketing or or CMOs right What's the what's the what are the things that separate them from the you know director of marketing or, or marketing manager who thinks they want to grow but aren't ready yet? What what separates the really good people that you're willing to? Because obviously you have probably a million marketers in your network who who want your you know want your advice, want your intros, want your connections. But there's probably only a handful of people that you that you've like personally helped. What separates them from everybody else?
1: Hmm. So um, it's it's actually re- I think your biggest rate limiter as an executive is how well you can hire. So I may not be the best at everything, but I, I know I'm pretty good at knowing what I'm not good at, what I am good at and finding ways to hire. Yeah. And so it's, I like to expose people to a management experience as early as possible and see how they do. And the difference between truly wanting to be a B, VP of marketing and an executive, there's nothing wrong with, by the way, saying I'm gonna be a senior manager, a product manager, a product line and be amazing at it. That's mm-hmm. like. I'm not saying one's better than the other, no. right? But you're asking if somebody really wants the executive experience, they have to learn the soft skills with the hard skills, and mm-hmm. some of that is you have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And then it's this like flexibility. It, it's really um, hunger to learn. There's a lot of it. Ability to hire would probably be um, the second, and um, it, it's actually I don't know how to characterize the, the last one, but it is um, it's a lack of defensiveness. Like, I use this this line all the time with my team, and now that they, would, they, they would joke with me. I'd say feedback is a gift. but I believe in this yeah. sort of radical candor framework. Of yeah. I'm trying to learn, you're trying to learn. The yeah. only way we're going to do about it is if I care about you, you care about me. Yeah. And when you need hard feedback, I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to invite the feedback when I'm not doing something right. Yeah. And um, I don't know. That, that's um, that's a challenge for a lot of
0: people. It is. We try to have... Um, it's Because it's, it's just a hu- human nature is for you to say, like... You screwed that thing up. Why'd you do it? And yeah. my nature is to be like, whoa, no, 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 hold on. Yeah, that's it's one, my human nature is to be faults. to get yeah. defensive, right? right? And so we, I always have to remind myself, like, don't get defensive. Yes. It's only going to help. Yes. But it, that's a, such a different mindset. You yes. have to have the growth mindset of like, no, you know, Tim's trying to help me right now. I'm going to get better because of this. But it's hard. Nobody wants to sit there and yes. and take that. Uh, so I so think it has of, to
1: be this final thing. I think that ha- yeah, building off what yeah, you're yeah, saying yeah, is yeah. like. Somebody, there's an element of selflessness, I think, that goes into all of it, which is, I care about my career, but I yeah. actually care about the company's objectives and the team objectives kind of more than my own, which yeah. sounds yeah. really easy, but you have, you have to fight a lot of human yeah. nature to, you want to have to maximize the whole
0: yeah. time. I don't think I'm good at this yet, but I think the advice I got from somebody recently was like, what you have to understand is Nobody really cares how you get there, how you get to the goal. It's your job to get there. And so whether that means you hire fifty people or you you know there's an agency that does this piece and you do it that piece, like your job is to get so so you have to get rid of like this feeling that you have to control everything. Your job yeah. is to get there. and yeah. oftentimes it's it's got to be through the right people. like yeah hiring.
1: that's exactly right.
0: Um, all right, I want to talk about p and g, okay, cause cool. I'm fascinated Good. with p and g because I love uh, brands and brand building. and I think that, brand is really hot right now we've been talking a lot about it brand is coming back brand is coming back uh, and there's a million reasons why we could talk about that but how what did you what did you do at png man
1: i was so lucky i ended up i'm so old right now that when i started i was literally one of the first digital marketing so i i created what was like digital marketing in some ways yeah it was like in those days, it was pretty easy. It was go to whatever AOL and Yahoo were yep. doing, and that was kind of the only game. Yep. But it was literally figuring out yep. the early days of building websites, email acquisition. Yeah. So it started off in the IT organization yeah. as a digital marketing manager. Yeah. Worked on So my lucky break was I ended up on a, on a brand called Crest White Strips, mm-hmm. and then I ended up doing their global launch through <laughs> digital marketing. So build out all their first digital marketing programs, the website, and then prove that you can use offline and online together. We did almost a hundred million dollar year one launch by figuring out how to combine brand marketing and direct marketing online and offline. Mm. And then it was like a drug. No, they always said nothing breeds adoption like success. And once other people saw it.
0: Yeah. Well, cause then you have everything wrong. you need. You have testimonials, you have proof, you yeah. have all the stuff you yes. need to grow.
1: So look, um, PNG, you know, they, it's been a little bumpier now, but 20 years ago, that was, um, I cannot think of a better place to start my career and yeah. learn branding. Yeah. So what I really learned there was understanding, um, like people think understanding your customer, I mean like sitting at a focus group and yeah. eating M&Ms yeah. and like, okay, that might be part of it. Uh-huh. I did I did my share of that. <laughs> but what you really have to do is understand what we would call in a software sense, who's your ICP? Mm-hmm. Who really is your customer? And then understanding this customer's boss consumer segmentation and that brand really does matter of course brand matters and if it matters when you're in store it matters just as much when you're buying software it? so i had sort of the seven years of experience between it and marketing ended up running um, from white strips ran digital marketing for the entire beauty care division for them which um, was just a great experience and then from from there I kind of went to coke so i had this Sort of ten years, CPG, hardwired digital marketing, branding, customer—like that's just yeah. how I grew up. Do you
0: think? Do you think um, because of like what you did at P and G and how just the P and G focus on understanding the customer? Do you think that's why you were good at what does sales need? What does this team need? What does this team need? Like when you're at you know figuring out all the other pieces? Yeah, like-
1: maybe so. I think because the role of a brand manager. It, Is I really think about it then, technically it was marketing, but it was really project management. You were a general manager. Your job was to run a business um, cross-functionally. So I guess I always just thought of marketing that way. Um, And when you just, and I think actually, if you look at the way a lot of great B2B, I think the best B2B marketers today did not grow up in B2B actually. They grew up doing, something else and then just kind of yeah. landed here.
0: Or, or even if they didn't grow up doing it, I think it's the people that look for inspiration from, cause the, and I'm sure you, you've you seen this now over, you know, all the companies that you have invested in and, and advise and everything like B2B has this, like if, if one B2B marketing company is doing it, well then everybody's gonna yeah. do it, right? Like. If somebody said the best time to send an email is 2:08 p.m. on a Tuesday, if that was a best practices report that came out in B2B marketing, what you do? Everybody would go do that. Right. Versus like the the real mindset would be like, I'm trying to send an email at Saturday night at midnight when nobody's when right. nobody's sending an email. So, I wonder how we I wonder like how we bring how we teach more of that. Like
1: I agree. I think having this innate curiosity as part of it, like you can't just wait to have the answer yeah. sort of told you. I, and I actually think as an aside, so when I came in, so I had 10 years B2C, and then I had actually 10 years B2B. So I went from Coke to Webtrends, then to ExactTarget. When I jumped in as a CMO at um, Webtrends, I think there were fewer than 10 B2B CMOs out there. Like that that was, I think that's the other tough thing about being in marketing now. Like just as a discipline, yeah. it's just the newest role in the C-suite. Yeah. And I think, Adobe might have had one, Cisco had one, and it was very thin. Right, yeah. the, the, marketing did not have a place at the executive table. Frankly, yep. the head of sales often ran yep. ran marketing. Yep. So when I told people Ugh, I was that a makes CMO, that
0: makes me. That makes me it. <laughs> give, give armin, you if eyes. you're armin, if you're watching, I love you, but you should not run marketing. You should not.
1: <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> it just right. You shouldn't. Yeah. Right.
0: It, that's just. It, it just, that's
1: just it, they're just different, yeah. and that's the way it is. Yeah. So, um, but when I told people I was going to be a CMO, they thought it was a made up title. Like, there wasn't like a chief medical officer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> There's not. Chief management? What is that? Yeah, yeah like, yeah.
1: And like okay, they made up a title for yeah, you. Yeah, That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, but I think it actually turns out that it's all going together. I don't know what to call it. I think it's more like just B to H, which is business to human. Because people are people. And like, if I go into Apple and I buy a new phone, as I did here recently, or I go into Chipotle and you Buy a burrito. You don't have any. You don't like. Then take off a hat and say, "I'm going to go back to my office and buy software." Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it.
0: Because it. We are all we are all B 2 C buyers, right? Like, and I think the biggest the biggest challenge with that's why I even struggle with B 2 B. Yes,
1: like I'm not selling like the business of Adobe does not buy a piece of software. It's a person. It's a person,
0: right? And by the way. The same person who you're selling B2B software to and making them go through this brutal sales cycle is also on Zappos or Amazon and buying something, right? Like uh, I have a, I have a daughter, she's one, right? We can buy anything we, w- within two seconds. We're like, oh, we need this, yeah. we need this, we need this. We need this Boom, it's at the house tomorrow. But then if I wanna go buy a B2B software product, which maybe costs $500, 299, anybody inside of my, everybody on my team at Drift today can swipe a credit card and buy something. But the process there is just, is crazy. So I love the, I love the B2H, like it's all people. People, people also say, but I said, so we sell to the enterprise, right? We have really long sales yeah. cycles. Well, like, oh, so there's not, are those not people in the enterprise? Right. Is it different? I don't understand.
1: I know. I, and I still think people buy, the reason branding does matter is people, you still buy based on emotion. People mm-hmm. want to be part of something. They want to yeah. be part of a company. I think it's, Lar- Drift has a phenomenal software platform, but I think a lot of reason people believe in what you've created is the way you've humanized your brand, the way you've made, like you're, you're a movement that people yep. want to be part of. Yep. And I think that is a, and how do, how do I separate that from a pure demand gen process?
0: Was that a, was that like an intentional thing for PNG products? Like if you're in a PNG product, it wasn't just compete on features. Obviously they had the best scientists right that are working on like crest white strips but wasn't there some thought for like packaging and branding on how we're going to compete on an emotional level was that a big piece of it absolutely yeah
1: yeah And it was kind of a formula that they would go through it was creating an insight that was in somebody's mind, then coming with what they called an ACB, an accepted consumer belief on something, and then an RTB, which is a reason to believe, which is kind of like what your differentiator was. But all that, like at the end of the day, why do you really buy Tide versus why do you buy Gain? It's because you have some kind of emotional attachment to yeah. Coke versus what you do, Pepsi. or to, And I think people ascribe all these other small things Two more technical things than yeah. they should. It, but at the end of the day, it really is brand. Like yeah. I can't say that I like, you know, I have an Apple device or I have a Mac because yeah. I believe in these three key product differentiators. Yeah. It's like it.
0: Yeah. I don't well, know. especially from a set like every sales rep is going to tell you that their thing is faster, it's better, it's easier to use, yep. it integrates with X, Y, and Z, right? Customers love it. Nobody's going to. That, that's the same thing. Um, we were at dinner last night, and my favorite thing happened when I go to a restaurant is. We've both never been here before. We had a nice restaurant. Uh, didn't really know what to order. Said to the waiter, hey, what should we get? W- without even taking a breath, he goes to the pork chop. And we both were like, boom, done. done. And that was amazing. Like, I hate when you go to a restaurant and you're like, what's good here? And they're like, everything, right? You, you, pe- yes. I want, some, you want somebody to be real with you. And so especially in the sales and marketing world, like, I want somebody to tell me the truth, like, you know. Uh, and one of the best copywriting strategies of all time is like addressing your flaws upfront. Could not agree more. Because that's going to make people believe you more. Yes. So if you can address that all But why around. did the
1: waiters say the pork chop? One, they weren't overly trained to rehearse. This wasn't a chain <laughs> no, restaurant. No, it was right? not a chain. He allowed to say that. He said it without hesitation. And it was somebody who has tried all the things. Tried it. They knew it. And then they had this fundamental belief. And I do think it's the same way If yeah. you're selling a pork chop or a piece of hardware or a piece of software. It's this, yeah. when you believe in somebody who believes in what they believe in. Yeah.
0: It, it. Yeah. It, so
1: I... And I you know, branding and demand gen, or even these words that are hard for me to put sort of silos around, because yeah. I do think they're they're coming together. But um, that's why this idea of like marketing from the inside out is so powerful. You did that, yep. like, and I and I think because when you're pointing your best marketing guns inside the company to where somebody has that kind of belief, but you're also empowering them to be yeah um, who they are, like to to. They're not overly trained no. well or do, it doesn't feel or, like it
0: doesn't feel like they are the good consumer. at selling because real. they've nailed the sales script yeah they're good at selling because they really believe in it yeah and they've seen it they've seen it so Tim uh, I'm done with my coffee oh so I am too thank you man that was good I time. appreciate it yeah. thanks that was for great. doing this. Yeah. yeah yeah thank you, you. Bet. that was good we That's it timed it up I'm timed it up perfectly.